Welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. I hope you're all doing okay, staying safe, and staying healthy. I've been indulging in a lot of seasonal joys right now to keep up my spirits, and that includes rewatching like over a dozen spooky, not scary movies and baking all kinds of Halloween goodies. Since we can't gather like we typically would for Halloween, I've stretched it into a season rather than a day or a month. And it's been this little spark of joy right now for me. It's one of those little things where it's like if I can tell myself, hey, uh, you can watch a movie tonight after work or you can eat a bunch of junk food. (laughs) That's what feels good. And I hope you're all kind of finding that little thing that gives you something to look forward to in your routine or in your day. Okay, on to this week's guest. Speaking of things that I look forward to, um, I'm joined by Katie of No Thank You, who has released a brilliant, energetic album this fall with Embroidered Foliage. The imagery throughout this record is perfect for this kind of mood of reflection, self-discovery, and really embracing yourself. Katie joined this week to share and unpack some of the incredible singles off the record, um, tell about how the band approached Embroidered Foliage, talk about their goals, and so much more. So with that, let's hear more of No Thank You and then dig into the interview. to Anchor Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going in Philadelphia? Thank you so much for having me. Um, Philly's cool. It's really cold and stormy and rainy right now, which is really nice. The beginning of fall. Um, Yeah, it's really sick. (laughs) 
it's I'm like jealous. the only the only good thing about nearing November second is that fall is here. If only I'm in Florida <laughs> and it's still ninety degrees. Uh, where in Florida? Um, I'm in like the Tampa Bay area, so not too far from like Orlando and all the all those cities and stuff. But uh, cool. yeah, so I don't I don't get your version of fall until maybe January. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's fair. My mom lives in like northeastern Florida and mm-hmm. she gets like 30 degrees in January, <sighs> which is like nice. At least it gets there at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. We'll get a little bit of a cool down, I hope. <laughs> Hard to say with climate change these days, but it's right. fine. <laughs> I'll just live vicariously through you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to be able to talk to you about everything you're doing with no thank you this band is so good and I feel like I've seen your name as a band pop up a lot over the last couple of years and this new record I feel like is going to be one that's just going to get a ton of attention because it's so well written and well played thank you so much that's really really sweet um it took a lot to write it and I'm really glad it's done and I'm excited to see what happens I don't know fingers crossed that people like it but if they don't I'm glad that I did it (laughs) that's the best (laughs) attitude to have about it honestly uh before we dig into the record I kind of want to um have the listeners and I kind of get to know you tell me about how you first began to play music and kind of like fall in love with making music So um, when I was a kid, I, my mom played guitar, like not, not avidly, like she would play like old uh, Eric Clapton and Neil, Neil Young songs, which was cool, but like not, she wasn't like an aficionado by any means, but she, she liked to play guitar and she liked guitar. And uh, my older brother also did. Um, He would like make funny songs about farts like in (laughs) our living room when I was like a tiny baby and it just like influenced me and I um I always like wanted to be able to like meet him on that level in some way and then as I got older like my family got a piano and I took piano lessons and I started taking guitar lessons when my mom finally felt like it was okay to give me her guitar (laughs) um and I wouldn't destroy it um so I just like got into playing music like it's always been a really big part of my life and I got into playing it around then and then um writing it like I was always writing poems and like random words and thoughts down and um I guess like when uh my friend Greg Mendez and I were dating. Um, We were like young and in high school and he went away to college and I like met all of his friends, which like included Evan and Nick. And we like started a band then. And um, that was kind of when I got into writing it. And ever since then, I've just been like writing my own stuff or writing parts for other bands and other instruments and stuff. And that's sort of it. That's so neat that you were able to make like those connections from when you were a child with your family to the people you'd eventually learn to be in a band with and stuff. That kind of growth yeah, to be able yeah. to experience so young is so awesome. 
Yeah, it's nice too that like I met them when I was so young because I feel like very comfortable with them. And, um, you know, I don't know that it would be as easy for me with anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's so good that you have those kind of like foundational relationships too, because that really, I think, makes it so much easier to be like honest as a songwriter and as a performer too. Yeah, definitely. That's so awesome. Were there any like artists or bands that like really helped motivate you as you were learning to play music or maybe even that inspired you? <laughs> um, like fa- famous wise, I would say like all Dashboard Confessional was like a huge part of my like learning to love music and like learning how to sing harmonies and like everything about dashboard is like the foundation I think of like my starting to write and like being a songwriter so I like and I still love them and I all my friends think I'm lame for it but I don't care (laughs) no way everybody loves dashboard honestly dashboard's the sickest and like places I've come to hear the most is like such an influential record for me um I also love that Nick loves it um he plays drums in no thank you and like it's just like I just love that someone in my band like appreciates it and like understands where I'm coming from because it's it's very much that. Um, I love Pedro the Lion. Um, I love Rainer Maria. Like I love 90s emo um, a lot and it's very influential, but I think that like at my core, it's dashboard, like just through and through. (laughs) I love that though, because it's like, I think that perfect blend of like that 90s emo and, you know, dashboard's been around for ages and we're all better for it (laughs) but you know it's one of those things where it's like yeah um when you blend those kind of sounds you get something really interesting when that's what's influencing you and I feel like you've got a really um solid blend you got going as a band and that's cool that you have a bandmate like Nick who also shares that same love of certain like bands and stuff like dashboard um Do do the other bandmates bring in other influences and stuff that they really love? Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. Uh, So it's me, Evan, and Nick. And Evan plays bass. And he brings, like, a very different vibe than we do, which I love and I think our band needs. Um, Like, someone to break up the, like, mushy, symbol-y, like, nothingness that, like, we could turn into. (laughs) But, um, like, I think Evan does a really good job in balancing us. Uh, But I don't know, like, what, I don't know what influences him. I'm curious. I'll have to ask him. (laughs) That's a really good question. I wish I I should know the answer to that. <laughs> no worries. If anything, it's interesting that you mentioned that though, because of bringing something different. Because I feel like, particularly with like the bass and stuff throughout some of your music, it kind of adds a little bit more of that weight, that gravitas to it, that kind of grounds y'all For in a very sure. exciting way. Yeah, yeah. No, he he. The what he adds is like crucial to our sound for sure. And like, I I feel I feel. Like I'm robbing you and robbing myself for not knowing <laughs> what that answer is. You'll just have to come back and tell us again at some point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask him and email it for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Um, so you mentioned that, you know, whenever you were kind of like in that college era and stuff, you were meeting everybody who would be in your band and everything, but tell me about how No Thank You really started. What's kind of y'all's origin story? So, so um, I, uh, I started writing songs when I was in college, but I didn't take it seriously, like on my own, my silly little songs. I just didn't. I just wasn't confident in them and I didn't want to bring them to anyone. And it was just like my little personal thing. Um, but as I got older, um, I had friends that would like try and jam with me and I'm like, not a jammer. I'm very anti jam. It's not my vibe. (laughs) Um, it gives me like horrible anxiety and I, I hate it. But, um, but my friends would like want to. So I had this one friend, Peter, that I lived with and he was like, you know, I have been like hearing you write the song, like, let's go play it loud. And like, I'll play drums to it. So he did. And I think that was like when I first realized that I could do that Mm -hmm. Um, and like play in a band with my own songs. So shortly after that, I moved to Vermont and I like wrote all of Jump Ship pretty much on my own in a house alone in the top on the top of a mountain in Vermont for like eight months. Oh wow. And then um moved back to Philly and Evan recorded it. And then we were like, we need to play a show if we want to have a record. So I was like, Nick's one of my like close friends and I trust him and like he can at least play the parts until we like figure out what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did and we've not parted (laughs) since (laughs) and now they write all their own parts and it's sick and I there's less pressure for me (laughs) that's Um, amazing yeah it was just like a weird passion project and then like my dad shortly died like, like died right after that and I like just had this I just had so much to write about and I just did it and then we just kept doing it and that's all that's great that you had kind of that creative support system especially in that time where you're kind of grieving to be able to just get that out and yeah the people who understood you who clearly supported you and kept sticking around and stuff to keep playing that's got to be very helpful for your creative process too yeah definitely it was it was like really nice to have a support system and to feel um just like backed, like whatever you want to do, we got you and like, let's do it. You know, it was really nice. That's amazing. Um, you mentioned that you wrote kind of jump ship while you were in Vermont. Um, what was it like for you to kind of move into like your second and third record, having the guys start to weigh in musically at that point, being able to write their parts and what was it like for you to start to collaborate in that way? Um, It was definitely a learning curve. Like I'm certainly a control freak to some degree. (laughs) Um, And I think in some ways, like it honestly, like makes me a better person to have to learn how to communicate things in ways that don't hurt another person's like, like we're all creative and like, we're all sensitive about like what we're making. So like being a control freak and letting it go in addition to like understanding how to be empathetic towards someone else who's trying to like ultimately help and not hurt 
and like also do their best. Like it's, it's like an interesting relationship that you learn how to cultivate. Mm. And um, yeah, like I think we've really, we still have our, we still have weak points, but um, I think every record's been easier and easier to write because we have a better vocabulary for one another. That's so important to kind of know how to share that feedback and that creativity um, when it comes to songwriting, because, you know, especially you start to bring in more voices and more opinions and stuff. It's a delicate line to kind of like balance and stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, everyone has different boundaries. <laughs> That's it's good. Interesting to learn about. <laughs> it's a good thing you have the friendship there too, because that kind of makes it, I'm sure a little bit easier too. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's easier, but it's also harder because you know someone and you're like, I can't say this because they'll feel this way and I don't want to make them feel that way. Or like, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I know that they care about me so I can say whatever I want. And then you say it and then it blows up in your face like that. That's real. Like that happens. But uh, I wouldn't want to have those arguments with anyone else. <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. They're stuck with you now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that you have that kind of like safe space to be able to do that. Um, can you kind of walk me through your songwriting process that you took for embroidered foliage? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was very much reactionary. Um, every song I would, well, not, I would say most of the songs written are songs that were finished like soon after I started writing them. Like it was just like a stream of consciousness, like whirlwind of like, this just happened and I have to like make a record of it now mm -hmm. type of writing. Um, very much like musically and lyrically written at the same time. Mm. Like not one before the other or anything like it was there, there are songs that I definitely like, um, that I did have to finish lyrics for like while we were recording it. But, um, but I would say a lot of it was very much like I experienced this thing two hours ago and I've been like holding my guitar since then trying to figure out how to document it. That's really yeah. powerful because like if anything I feel like we kind of are as listeners on this like very deep emotional journey with you throughout <laughs> embroidered foliage and stuff and it's like it's definitely where you're giving us the snapshots that you want us to see and experience but at the same time you're very much um you leave you leave it open to experiences that maybe we have all felt you know mm -hmm. It was really well done. And I think that the theme that's been kind of shared with me, the whole idea of like self-discovery in the wake of like a tumultuous relationship, that's really powerful because I feel that from beginning to end that there, there is this like self-love that kind of flows throughout it, that um, it feels like it's, it's something that grows from track to track. Was that something that you were trying to intentionally do throughout this record? 
Definitely. Um, I mean, I don't think that while I was writing it, it was intentional, but in sequencing, Mm -hmm. it's definitely intentional. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Um, You know, you, I just, I spent so much time uh, younger in relationships that I shouldn't have not that I shouldn't, I mean, I've learned from every relationship I've had and I'm really grateful for those people and that time, but, um, I just feel like I came of age, if you will, with my like Saturn return, (laughs) if you're into astrology and like learned that I didn't need to like live the way that I was living or or be treated the way that I like thought that I needed to be and that I could like figure it out for myself what was um better and uh or like better for me um and would make me feel happier more comfortable so um yeah it's weird to think about now because I feel like when I was younger and all that well it's hard because the second record was like so much about my dad and not about like love in like a romantic sense. And the first record has like a little bit of that, but it's not that much. Um, But it's like an interesting thing to write. Like I use writing as such a self-reflecting thing. So while I'm doing it, I'm like learning about like, oh, how do I articulate how I feel? And then like, how do I unpack that? You know, (laughs) so it's like, that very much happened in the process. That's what really I special. think. Like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to think about how it like crescendos into more of a positive self perspective. Um, Cause I, I guess, I mean, I definitely, I think it's intentional, but I don't know that I would have thought of that phrase and that's special to me. So thank you. <laughs> If anything, I hope it was like as much of as this record was like self-discovery for you. I hope it was some self-healing too, being able to kind of like unpack all that in like a safe space in your creative space. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And like reliving it while recording it and, you know, reanalyzing it with a new perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's definitely healing and self just like even new new self discoveries and stuff and I'm excited for like I I hope that other people get to experience that in some form (laughs) oh 100% I know I did when I was listening to the record and like you know it's funny that you mentioned kind of at the beginning the whole like if you're familiar with the astrology the Saturn return being the opening will you close it if I remember correctly with like what was it like Leo Leo Moon or something? Yeah. And that's so interesting <laughs> that you open with that and then you close with that. Um, was that something that you were kind of thinking about tying in those like astrological nods or was that just kind of serendipitous? Um I think both. A little bit of both. Um I think actually serendipitous come to think of it because Saturn return wasn't ever called Saturn return until I had to make song titles for the record. Mm-hmm. Like its original name is placebo. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like I was really into placebo when I wrote it. 
<laughs> and I wanted Nick to write a drum part that sounded like placebo. So um, that's like what that song is from, but it turned out to be perfect for that in, in my experience, like what I experienced as a Saturn return and like going through, like being at the end of it and like, you know, 20, 2020 retrospect, I was like, that's Saturn return. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Leo moon, I hate, it was called unusual and I hate that it was called that. And I wanted to change the name and I just started reading about it and, uh, or like reading the lyrics over and over again. And it just like made, I have a Leo moon, which is like super self involved, <laughs> centered, <laughs> um, like need to be the center of attention, need attention. Um, and just like the way that I've wrote about myself, I felt was very, um, was it, it was representative of that. So I just named it that, but then it just turned out that it made sense to bookend those songs on the record. And then, yeah, I guess serendipitous. <laughs> I love that. And like, honestly, I do love the way that um, when you kind of put them side by side, like Saturn Return and Leo, and Leo Moon, it's so neat to me because you see your kind of mental progression, even just when you put those two tracks by each other and stuff. And what I love about Leo Moon is that one in particular, it feels like you know, you talk about kind of the traits of a Leo, right? But at the same time, it's like, so much of that is like the healthier qualities of Leo, of like loving yourself and embracing yourself. And like, you know, this is who I am is kind of the mentality I get out of that track in particular. So it's kind of cool to, to hold those two up together and really see how you really embrace yourself and your experience, particularly at the close of the record. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's weird that that happened. (laughs) And the thing is, is like like Saturn Return, I love that song because it's such like a big, strong opening to the record musically. And Nick's drumming is so good. So good. good. I was immediately hooked with the entire structure of that song. I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those really fun records to unpack is all I could think because you have that like, bombastic opening kind of juxtaposed with the kind of lyrics that you confront here the whole it's hard for you to believe in yourself without a good reason and it's time to stop wasting time hating yourself I'm like having those kind of uh words in my ear at the same time as like those drums and like that just like hitting energy and stuff it kind of like acts as almost like I'm sure as much as it was a mantra for you but a mantra for us as listeners like listen up you're gonna have to think about this and it's it's gonna mean something (laughs) (laughs) that's sick I guess it is like sort of anthemic yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely what was it like for you to kind of put this song together and like um really kind of get to express this um I don't I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to talk about that song. I don't, it, that one it, like definitely came to me in like 30 minutes, you know? Um, and I wrote, it's time to stop wasting time hating yourself and was like, okay, we need like one more line. I need like something else that's just as catchy to like be here. And I couldn't think of one. And I felt I hated myself. Like I was like such a failure. Like, 
all these people like these days have like all these like sick like one-liner like we pump our fist and yell this thing and I was just like I want to have that but I don't think it can just be this mm-hmm. and then I think Evan probably was like can definitely just be that like that's so relatable and I was like okay <laughs> like I guess it's gonna be that and uh and I stuck with it and it's like I don't know that was a fun one to write because I got to use like a looping pedal which I haven't done since jump ship and like getting to like play a riff and play like chords under it like it's just it's really fun to play live um it feels good like it the energy of it does feel really good and I think that was part like I wanted to write like an energetic song I'm so like all my songs are the same song essentially and just like sad and slow and in dad gad. And like, it's just like, okay, we get it. She loves dashboard, but I feel like this was like a little bit of a departure from that, which was cool. Um, so yeah, it was, I loved writing it. Um, it was nice to also, I mean like lyrically, like the self-discovery in it, even then I remember being like, yeah, this is it. Like, your own personal day of reckoning like Mm -hmm. think about your shit like think (laughs) about it and just like sit in it marinate and like figure your shit out and like that was a cool moment to come to for sure definitely and it feels like it's an empowering sort of way to go about that kind of reckoning and stuff I feel like sometimes when we go through those kind of life reckoning moments they're not they're very uncomfortable. I'll put it that way. They're very uncomfortable. They're often unpleasant, but I feel like that was more so a call to like embracing your moment of reckoning and, you know, taking that energy that could have been more negative. And instead it's like, well, let's get myself hyped up to, to confront these things that have been difficult. This, you know, tumultuous situation I've been in this whole time and stuff. Well, I might as well get myself hyped up to face it, you know? Definitely. Yeah. 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 Like a way more positive outlook than like wallowing in it. Just like, what's up? Like, let's face this. And that's, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's weird. Like I think being, I, I feel so old in like DIY cause I'm 30 and I'm just like, I'm a grandma now, <laughs> but like, I can't wait for everyone to get to be 30. <laughs> Cause like you, like your late twenties are so like imperative and like learning who you actually are and like who you want to be from then on, you know, like who am I for the next 10 years? Cause like 10 years ago, I was 18. You know what I mean? Like it's such a crazy time for like self-discovery and learning. And I just like, I personally took advantage of it and like went with it. And I just like want that for everyone. That's incredible. And yeah, that's like the best you could kind of hope for everybody when they're going through, like, honestly, your 20s are such a decade of change and you come out of them such a dramatically different person. I don't, and if you don't, I feel sorry for you because (laughs) there's so many crazy things that happen. I feel like in that time period of your life. And so to kind of go through that journey of self-discovery, at least from your perspective and what you've experienced and stuff, it kind of uh, evokes and awakens those memories of like, yeah, I've been through some shit too, but 
look at the self-discovery I've made too, that, you know, Katie said, I've done that. That's pretty freaking cool. Of course, I think of things, I can be a little bit of a sunshine head when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I made it out too. Kind of thing. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's better to be a sunshine head than I don't know what the opposite is. <laughs> I'm like the weird, like person who's like managing to stay extremely positive and it's in spite of being somebody who's like deeply into emo <laughs> what wait what's your sign I'm a Sagittarius I fucking knew it <laughs> oh my god I literally was gonna I wanted to say it but I didn't want to be wrong so I asked shit <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius with a um if I remember y'all are correctly. always so fucking positive and I don't <laughs> understand it I don't know I just like can't <laughs> Well, it's interesting because if I remember correctly, I think I have a, um, I think it's a Scorpio moon sign if I remember correctly. So it's it's confusing as fuck living like this. Yeah, you love emo. (laughs) It's true. That's sick. (laughs) We need more people like you. I'm glad you think so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Now that energy in general to put in the music and stuff is so good and like uh I felt that also actually in letter writing contests too mm-hmm. I love I love it because I feel like it's one of those um very polite ways I feel like to kind of offer at least in my perspective I'm totally embellishing here but I don't care it's like almost like the verbal like put up these hands kind of like call thing where it's like you let's verbally like joust it out because you suck mm-hmm. kind of mentality <laughs> was that something you were kind of going for with this song definitely definitely <laughs> I'm ready for a fucking fight in this song like <laughs> I, love I, it. I was so angry when I wrote it I like specifically remember the moment that it came out I like got this super fucking annoying like 30 million paragraph long email about like everything that I'm bad at and wrong about. And I was just like, you literally can't even use the right your. Like, how dare you spend a single second like complaining at me about anything when you can't even like functionally write this. And I like wrote that song immediately. It was just like, fuck this. And that is how that song, that's the birth. (laughs) Wow, that's beautiful because- (laughs) Oh my gosh, everything you say in this song is just like everything, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin lyrically with this one because it's like, I think the one that I like as man, I really think that you, that you let your selfishness get the best of you in terms of co- correspondence. To me, that comes across as the exact bit of like, yeah, this person can't even freaking write. That's how yeah. like, absorbed you are in your bullshit. Yeah, like you're blind, like you're blind to any, you can't even, you won't even be able to read whatever I make because you're like so blinded by your own bullshit. Exactly. It's so tragic that people like that exist. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It is. We can write mean songs about them and hope they hear them and feel bad about themselves. <laughs> Might not even be quite wise enough to even get it that it's even about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? 
it's it's wild but like the tone of that song is everything to me because like I like how upbeat and playful the music is to that searing set of lyrics and then the opening with kind of like the synth vibe and stuff is just so fun um what what kind of drove that creative decision to kind of like make this super playful as far as like sound goes um it's always just been like it's because it's so short Mm -hmm. um and it's always been like a me and a Casio like it's a Casio drum beat like Mm -hmm. um our me Nick and Evan were in a band called airports which like I've been thinking we have a band camp it's from 10 to 15 years ago um but it's just like silly synth rock band like we all listen to too much wolf parade and like death cab (laughs) um it was fucking 2008 like (laughs) it is what it is but um but uh we had a song called pirates that evan wrote that uh it has that drum beat and i was like let's call that like let's do this again so we did it and um it was, it was cool. And, uh, the playfulness, like we, like Evan and Nick wrote that in the studio. Mm-hmm. Cause it's always just been like a me for a minute long, like rambling about this bullshit. And, uh, so yeah, they just, they, they just wrote it in the studio and it turned into this like weird little mermaid vibe, which was so sick. Like it's just like so bouncy and it's absolutely not what I expected, but it's exactly the attitude that it um, embodies. So mm-hmm. I, it came out perfectly. Definitely. The way it just like sits together is just everything. I remember thinking like, this is the perfect, like, tongue-in-cheek comeback song like yeah I I think that was I thought that was just so well done um I will say Nick is uh Nick is like the sassiest drummer that I know he's (laughs) so like even like watching him do it it's just like it's so charming and like he he just like jammed along with it and did this like cute little sassy like DMB dashboard like I'm just doing studio cute drums stuff (laughs) and um and Evan like always writes based to like what Nick is doing like he's very particular about Nick and his kick drum pattern and it's like a whole thing so that came after Mm -hmm. but I think like Nick's like response to like maybe my sassiness combined with like his own and then like (laughs) Evan like accentuating it with like the bass line is just like such a snap in the face and I love it <laughs> that's like the perfect way to describe that song actually it's just like a snap <laughs> in the face and I love it <laughs> it's so good um you know I got really stoked whenever I learned that like enough had dropped because that song is super powerful too it is definitely a tonal shift compared to what we were just talking about with letter writing contests and stuff but For I feel sure. like um it was so beautiful and so meaningful and I feel like you just with everything that you say in that song in particular it just feels very in general meaningful um can you talk a little bit about putting together enough and maybe what it meant to you to work on it yeah um I have this friend in my life that I like cannot stop writing songs about how disappointing they are to me (laughs) which is so sad, but, um, it's someone that I just like, I love so much and I see so much in and, um, 
you know, I don't know. I'm sure everyone has that friend that they just like you love and you want more for, but they just like fuck it up for themselves somehow, or just like are always like unlucky. Like who knows? Like it's usually their fault. I mean, at this point when we're adults and making our own decisions, it's like you are what you make yourself. But um, I just have this friend and I like, writing that song was very much like a moment of weakness in our relationship where I just had another instance of a last draw of like, like you mean so much to me. And like, you consistently show me that like, you mean nothing to like, I mean, I don't mean enough to you, Mm -hmm. which is sort of an interesting perspective to have as someone who's like also really trying to promote like what you mean for yourself. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know this person, like, has a lot of, like, self-worth issues. And, like, it's hard to watch. Like, when you're coming around to yourself and, like, learning how to cope with that kind of stuff and you're seeing your friends who are, like, you know, still wallowing in it. um, Or I shouldn't say wallowing, but just, like, living with it and living in it. um, It's hard. And you want to pull them out. And you want them to be better. And you want them to be better for you. But you want them to be better for themselves. And like, that song is very much my like cry for help for this friend that I just like want perpetually want to be better. Yeah, that's really powerful. Because I think that sometimes particularly when you're going through this chapter of like adulthood and stuff, you have these moments where you kind of have kind of your eureka moment. You realize something about yourself that you needed to know sooner or like, you know, at least you're there now and you can kind of start to see like, oh, this is how I've grown. This is what I'm doing now that's better for me or this is something I was doing that wasn't good for me and now I can recognize it and handle it. And I think sometimes when you go through those moments of self-discovery, you kind of start to see the pattern in others and it's not it's one of the things where it's like you want to be able to help that person who's going through it but sometimes you can't because they either have to figure it out for themselves or okay. it's it's that situation where it's just like maybe they don't want that help and stuff and it's it's a really challenging part I feel like of adulthood is kind of coming to terms with that too definitely yeah it's a weird shift where you're like I need to do what's best for me mm-hmm. and I don't know if like our relationship because of like where you're stagnant or where you like where you are doesn't necessarily fit with where I am. And like, how do you either push, help them, push them, encourage them or not, you know, depending on like their willingness, it's, it's a hard place to be in. It really is. It really is. But, um, I hope that song that you've put together here with enough, it's like, it helps others kind of recognize those patterns and stuff to where they can either uh, figure out their next step in their journey of self-discovery or, you know, just, just even just grapple with those feelings for a moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So I rattled on about like three of my favorite songs that you've worked on, but do you have any favorites on the record that you're just like, yeah, this was sick for me to put together and share? Um, I, I have like a favorite and then I have like a, I have two favorites for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three favorites for different <laughs> reasons. <laughs> I love Enough. Like Enough just came together really well. And I just love that song. Um, 
I am really proud of it and I'm proud of what we all did. And I just, I love that song just period. No other, nothing else. Um, I love the title track, Mm -hmm. um, Embroidered Foliage. It is like one of the hardest songs for me to like play emotionally, hear emotionally, uh, deal with that I wrote. Um, but I love it and I'm really proud of it. And, um, uh, I really like the end. Uh, there's like cello, which is really nice. Julia, my Julia Peters did and, um, Felix Montenegro did some like noise stuff on guitar. And, um, it's just like, I don't know, my friend Connor, loves it when we play it live and I don't know if it does the same thing when it's on a record but uh just like the slow core powerfulness of it uh just like feels really good to me especially to play live um and then I actually like kind of hate this song but what has come out of it uh the song Tracing Mm. is not my favorite song on the record by any means, but like, like on my part, but, uh, but I'm also self-deprecating. So I don't know if I should say that. Cause that sounds like I'm like, don't listen to my record, but <laughs> whatever. I hate everything. I think like 10 minutes after I do it, but anyway, tracing, uh, Nick, Nick's drumming in that song is so moving to me Mm -hmm. and powerful to me and I I can't even articulate like how much he embodied exactly like what I wanted it to sound like and feel like mostly feel like Mm -hmm. like he just like listened to it and got it and like got the feeling of like I don't know that he even knew what the lyrics were but just like understood the like feeling behind them and like did it and it was so cool and I I just like loved that um but also the end of airport the like crazy uh harmonies that sounds like a church that I really like they're like moments that I'm like I love this but song wise I guess like embroidered foliage and enough I love that I love that there's different aspects of the songs that you really just attach to as well. Cause I think that's part of what keeps us going creatively is like that whole, there's this piece that I love and where can I use that again? Kind of like how you talked about using the the Casio kind of stuff earlier and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I can dip into that later. Maybe that'll inspire something later kind of thing. You never know. So that's yeah. great that you have that kind of love throughout different songs that get you excited and make you feel like really proud of it I feel like it's definitely like everything that's like the most powerful emotionally for me like the parts that I like wanted to be like this like punch in the face of just like I'm feeling something (laughs) um are the moments that I am most proud of I love that well speaking of maybe things that you're proud of What's something you really want your listeners to get out of listening to embroidered foliage? I think I just want them to get stoked on themselves. I want people to like feel themselves. 
I want them to be like, I'm sick. I'm powerful. I can conquer anything. I don't need anyone else. I like bad shit happens and I feel it and it sucks and I have to like go through it, but I'm like always going to come out stronger. Mm-hmm. That's what I want people to feel. I love that. Well, I think people definitely walk away with that feeling after listening to this record. I certainly did. That's awesome. I'm glad. I want that for, that's what I want. I love that. Um, so for No Thank You as a band, what are some things that you're kind of working to be able to do over maybe the next couple months or post COVID or <laughs> what are some things you I want know. to be able to do as a band? I don't know. I mean, we, I, we always want to tour. We always want to tour Europe. Like that's our next like big goal if we're ever allowed back to that continent um I we're we're writing a fourth record um I'm you know I think we're just we just want to make stuff we're like not hoping of course but like we're like if there's another like actual quarantine where we're in lockdown like let's just like do it together in a studio Mm -hmm. and like record and write stuff so that's like I think that's where we're at um yeah COVID sucks wear a fucking mask (laughs) like it's not that hard (laughs) amen to that seriously well I'm proud of y'all for staying motivated and continuing to work on more new music and stuff here we are just so close to you dropping this record alone much less having another one already up your sleeve so that's exciting um yeah so one question I always like to ask guests at the end of our chat is if you could play a show with any three artists or bands that could be currently active or you could bring them back from the dead, who would it be? Any three? Yes. Okay. Pedro the Lion, Rainer Maria, and That Dog. I love the slide up. I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. I love this lineup. I like that like there's active bands here too. So there's all the opportunity in the world that your music could totally stumble onto their laps and you could end up with some really sick show or tour. Gonna send all the vibes into the universe that something like that happens. Yeah, me too. <laughs> there's plenty of time for them to find your music right now too. <laughs> yeah, they have nothing else to do. <laughs> Everybody should definitely be listening to uh no thank you, that's for sure. <laughs> um Thanks so much for chatting with me, Katie. Where can everybody keep up with No Thank You on the internet? Um, our Instagram is X, No Thank You X. Um, and I manage it. <laughs> it's sad. Um, our Twitter is the same, I think, X, No Thank You X. I also manage that. Um, and then we're on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, I don't, YouTube. I don't, I'm not any other music streaming thing I don't really know but you can find it if you just google it I'm sure just google it and like google Philadelphia or like band don't just google no thank you (laughs) it won't be enough get a little specific folks (laughs) yeah do like no thank you enough I'm sure you'll find it oh for sure (laughs) this has been so much fun Katie thank you for coming on thank you for having me it's so sweet this was really nice thank you
This is an incredible record, and you really need to stream it ASAP. It's so brilliant how this band is able to just take both you on their journey of self-discovery as well as kind of helping you learn a little bit more about yourself along the way. It's really just so touching, so personal, so meaningful, so highly, highly recommend. Be sure to stream it. Be sure to give No Thank You a follow, too, while you're at it. This is definitely a band to watch. So, that's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, Sam Zarwitz, Orla Tinsey, and Erica Fries. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and keep going when it comes to exploring yourself. You never know what you're going to learn. Take care and bye for now.